Hello and welcome to the EuroWhat, episode number 80 for the week of March 9th, 2020. I'm Ben Smith and I'm joined today by Mike McComb. Hey Mike! Hello! We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest and this week we'll be washing our hands of the national selection season. Boo. Boo. (laughs) Bad, bad jokes. Oh, goodness. How's it going, Ben? It's great. I'm in your house, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we decided that the best way to cover the end of national selection season was to be in the same time zone. Uh, we're, we're figuring things out. We're figuring things yeah. out. It's fun having live shows with an audience of zero. That, that works for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the reason that Ben is in town, uh, as you may have seen on our social media, uh, we did Geek Bowl uh, for... Is this the fourth this year? Is, this is the fourth year that we collectively have done Geek Bowl. I did not go to the one in Boston, right. really, but but other than that, it's been an unbroken record of doing Geek Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, I mean, yesterday, while we were in the throes of Selection Saturday, noticed that uh, 12 Points from America seemed to be posting tweets from the Art Institute in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I know that they're not from here either. So I sent them a message and was like, Hello! other Eurovision podcast. Would you like to meet up at Geek Bowl? And they said yes, mm-hmm. which is great. So we got, to, we got to say hi to other podcasters. It's, it's fun. Yeah. As they said, it's very niche and weird to encounter other people in that uh, equally narrow niche of yeah, things. Of, so. <laughs> of people who are both really into Eurovision and really into trivia. Mm-hmm. But no, like it was super awesome meeting up with Sam and Eric. Yes. And, like, they placed second with their team, which was great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so congrats to them. Congrats to them. Uh, we placed 20th, which, also very good. Yes. This was a field of, like, 230-something competitors. Yeah. yeah so, so we smart. Yes. And uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. If you had a chance to do Geek Bowl, uh, highly, highly recommend it. Uh, and our team name was uh, in honor of our favorite act from last year's contest, uh, Honktrid Moonsegra, because uh, we also really enjoyed Untitled Goose Game. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Of course, there were the obligatory uh, jokes, comments, what have you, about being in a public gathering space uh, with a rather large crowd. Uh, yeah. And yeah, the coronavirus is affecting the head of delegations meeting that yep. uh, happened, well, I guess it would have started yesterday uh, as this episode drops. Sweden, Israel, Greece, they all decided that they weren't going to send delegations to the actual meeting and are just going to Skype in or whatever video conferencing uh, they'll have set up. Uh, but unfortunately, somebody at Eurovision HQ in Geneva uh, tested positive for coronavirus, and as a result, no employees are allowed to travel during the incubation period, which means that Jan Olasand and the people who are actually running the head of delegations meeting won't be at the actual meeting. They will also be Skyping in. So, yeah, uh, a lot of concerns about how Eurovision's going to function this year. But according to the uh, Dutch broadcaster, NPO, who's organizing the contest, they have several backup plans, which does not surprise me. And then (laughs) that canceling and postponing aren't even being considered at this point. So uh, fingers crossed for that. Yeah, speaking as someone who has purchased the flight tickets, please... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it'll be a great vacation regardless. It'll be a great hopefully. vacation regardless. I'm super happy that NPO clearly has things covered, has mm-hmm. thought about this, and already has several backup plans. Uh, hopefully they will not need to, to use too many of them, or it will just be, please wash your hands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and to help with that, uh, the song clips that we'll have for this episode will be at least 20 seconds. So, uh, yeah, if, if you're, this, yeah. as you're washing your hands. Exactly. If you're, if you're tired of singing happy birthday to yourself twice, mm-hmm. 
uh, since this is the end of selection season, uh, we thought we would be able to do some sort of like bracket type thing that we did last year. But uh, as we're recording this, we're still waiting on a handful of songs. So uh, yeah, we have we have no opinions yet because these songs we we literally don't exist. cannot have opinions on these songs. <laughs> yes. So uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, North Macedonia dropped like maybe twenty minutes before we started recording. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we wanna we wanna give these late breaking entries a little time. Space to, to breathe. Yeah. Space to exist. Yes, so uh, we're just going to cover internal selections that uh, started out at the beginning of last week uh, and the uh, four national finals that happened this past weekend since we have had a chance to kind of ruminate with these Since songs. we did build a panopticon to watch all of those at once. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, future note, panopticons, not practical. No. Nope. Not, not, not really useful. It actually made life a little no, bit No, just better. like a lot of teamwork, a lot of muting of remotes, a lot of unmuting of other remotes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But, yes. Uh, yeah, as we were finishing last week's episode, uh, we mentioned that Georgia was going to be dropping mere hours after uh, we finished recording. And that first uh, entry comes from uh, Torniki Kipiani with the song Take Me As I Am. I tried to stay up to watch the reveal of this, but the time that they gave was the start of their morning show, mm-hmm. and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if this aired more toward the end, and it's like, it's a school night. And, yeah, yeah, it was a school night. I did not even attempt to, because I was like, I can't even, I did, did not even remember the link to click on to, mm. to watch the morning show, so I was like, there's going to be a video tomorrow. I'll watch the video tomorrow. Yeah. What did you think of the video and the song? I'm going to go positive first, okay. is I appreciate that this that Georgia has found a way, or at least a different approach, to do a male ballad, mm. in that this feels very different from past entries that have kind of worked in the same space. Like, overall, the genre is not my thing. I feel like somewhere along the way, when he was talking about the song, and this could just be me misremembering, but I thought we were getting, like, a dubstep element. Oh. So I spent... A large portion of the three minutes waiting for the drop to happen or waiting for like something to happen in the background and it mm-hmm. did kind of keep building and building and building and then it just kind of stops yeah yeah i i really like this song. okay <laughs> like I'm, but like not in a way where it's just like i'm not going to try to defend it too uh vigorously because yeah. like this is clearly a thumb in the eye toward your vision oh yeah this is <laughs> yeah well, what this felt like to me is this felt like three minutes of, like, a seven-minute song. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Like, like this it, is, like, the radio edit, but it's maybe not the best radio edit. Yeah. Of, like, the full movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, what I think is interesting about this song... Like, I mean, I, I enjoy the critique that it's offering, mm-hmm. uh, particularly the Big Five. Yes. And, uh, but, like, just Western Europe in general and just kind of the... Um, disdain that yeah it's like why do you yeah why do you demand that i be like like you right but at the same time there's no georgian in in the song Mm -hmm. and i thought that was an interesting choice like it seems like that would be something that like could be kind of whispered in the background could be in the background or could like have like a final verse that is in georgian Mm -hmm. because you're not going to be like an englishman you're not going to be like a french home you're Mm going to be who you are Right. I'm excited to see how this one evolves over the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. I'm 
uh, I would be, well, I don't know. It's a little too early to predict how it's going to do in the, in the general field. Yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see if he'll be making appearances at the various uh, pre-parties and what the reception's <laughs> going to be there. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then on March 3rd, Israel had their selection for their entry, and Eden Aline will be singing Fekker Le in Rotterdam. So Eden Aline won Israel's Rising Star last month. Uh, and on this show, she had four songs up for consideration. Fekker Libby won with 53% of the televote. And it is a song that has Amharic, Arabic, English, and Hebrew, and was co-written by the guy who wrote Toy. So Israel is not messing around. No, not at all. And really, like any one of those four songs could have taken the win. This was my pick for the win, just because there's just so much joy in the performance. Yes. And it's so colorful and... I have to double check this, but I'm pretty sure Amharic has not appeared at Eurovision before. So mm-hmm. it's like, yay, a new language. And, yes. Uh, yeah, and Eden. Like, uh, she, I believe she previously won X Factor. Uh, obviously, she won Rising Star. So she, she knows how to work the stage, yes. uh, which is very important. So, um, well, and when she got announced, like, I had said that I had watched her performance of Fuego, and I was like, well, this is, this, this is a good performance, but it's maybe not her song. Mm hmm. This is a great example of why picking an artist first and then writing to them is a strong way to go. Yeah. Dora Melody, who is the co-writer of Toy, did the same thing with Netta. And like there, there was a collaboration there. I can definitely see the collaboration here. It, I mean, it's drawing on uh, Eden's background. I believe her mother is Ethiopian. Or mm-hmm. she's, she's at least of Ethiopian descent. So bringing in those elements, it's... Yeah, I'm... Very excited to see yes. this one. Well, yeah, and it, it reminds me strongly of, from about 10 years ago at this point, Haba Haba by Stella Mwangi. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it, it feels like an improved version of that, and I'm hoping that Eurovision itself has kind of improved in the 10 years, because that one I thought got unfairly shut out. Like, it did not qualify. Right. Getting into some of the uh, other internal selections, uh, Netherlands finally released their entry, uh, which is coming from Jean-Gu McCreary. And his song, Grow. Don't mind my mood, changing like the weather. God knows I try to hold it all together. I'm getting older, and it ain't what I thought it would be. When we had first looked at Jean Gu's spotify and just sort of the music he had released before i had kind of gravitated towards his more up-tempo stuff Mm. and i think in in recent weeks we've been discussing sort of how eurovision has serious years and eurovision has fun years right and i was kind of hoping that he was going to be lean more on the fun side oh okay on the other hand because i was really hoping for something like dance with me off of his most recent album Mm. but i really like this lyrically i really like the way it builds I won't have to worry about this in like our semifinal ratings, but, sure. but I tend to do an overall rating once we know the full field, just mm-hmm. to see where, and I'm really interested to see where the shakes out for me, because I think it could go multiple ways. On the other hand, from a strategic standpoint, if it's looking, again, fun years versus serious years, uh, if you are a nation that's hosting and you're not sure that you want to host again, mm-hmm. and you know what the vibe is kind of looking like, 
uh, it makes a lot of sense to, okay, it's looking like we're going to be having a fun year. If we do like a really solid, serious song, we can still place well, but not have to worry about winning. From what I read, uh, this song wasn't necessarily written for Eurovision. Okay. It was just like, I oh, would, yeah. It I was would just, buy that. Yeah, it was a three-minute song, and I just love the build of the song. It's kind of like if if this year wanted to be Eurovision the musical, like this would be a great like second act. Not the closing song, but definitely working towards that like, mm-hmm. end point. And particularly when the like choir is coming in and mm-hmm. just uh but like not not doing the standard like choir backing that you have in like American Idol performances, yes, for example. Yes. Like it's it's just like, oh no, it's just really kind of perform providing like the harmonics that a song needs mm-hmm. and the way that it just kind of hits like a period at the end of the song it's a hard stop but it's not like the way that a uh, a lot of balkan entries kind of have that hard mm-hmm. stop where it's yeah. like oh it's two minutes 59 seconds uh everybody stop yeah. everybody stop i was yeah like i was expecting that we still had like 15 seconds on the clock for like like a very kind of quiet coda mm-hmm. so it, that felt abrupt to me mm-hmm. like that's like my only critique is that 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 ending does feel like a hard stop and I want it to be sort of a quiet moment but then like a quiet fade out and didn't quite get that. Yeah. There was a televised performance uh, that he did on some uh, late night cho- uh, talk show I think and seeing the audience reacting to the song as he's going through like you can just sort of see smiles creeping on people's faces as it's going along. It's like oh this is just, yeah this is just hitting a lot of really good notes and yeah I think I think Netherlands they picked well. It's a good they, choice. Yes, yeah. And I think they're in it to win this time around. Also, selecting internally, uh, they'd sort of sent out like a teaser video where they just sort of ran up to people in the street and made them put on headphones and listen to the song. Uh, but Switzerland's entry is here. It's John's Tears with Responde Moi. Kosovar descent. He has been on Albanians Got Talent in 2010, uh, and he was a semi-finalist on France's version of The Voice last year, uh, which if you were asking, hey, what's Mika doing? Turns out Mika is a judge on The Voice in France. Yeah, that was that was a pleasant surprise to land on while uh, doing background on uh, John, and that teaser video, it was <laughs> really interesting because like one of the clips was somebody be like, oh, what language is this? It's like, it's French. It's very, it's very clearly <laughs> French. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. That poor guy. Uh, yeah. Sorry sorry to this man. So, <laughs> yes. But, uh, I'm having an interesting relationship with this song. Like, uh, it, was, it was initially released as a video before it was available on Spotify. And I don't particularly care for the video. No, no, the video is really wet and I don't like it at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like too, too much water. But also, I don't think John is particularly good at lip syncing that was bugging me the entire time we watched this before we recorded is that there is a level of vocal happening that does not match the level of visual happening Mm -hmm. as far as the singing goes yeah like like when he hits that high note it's just kind of like maybe he's just that maybe he's that good that sound but it's just like there's like no there's no yeah just like yeah. yeah Yeah, like the, the the musculature of that sort of delivery is like yeah, it's, it's not, like you should be there. straining for that note yeah. or at least something. Yeah, but 
Video aside. Video aside. This this one's growing on me. Okay. Which which kind of surprises me. And I, I don't know why it, I would think that it wouldn't mesh with me, but yeah, there's there's just some... There's some... Je ne sais quoi. That's French. That's French. Uh, that, uh, about the song. That it's just like, huh, I'm, I'm responding to something. I just can't... I can't... I put yeah, my finger I, on what it is just yet. This one has not grown on me yet. And I, okay. think I, I think it needs like a few more lessons where I'm not looking at the video because I've only been watching the video. Mm. And I think once I divorce it from that context, I will maybe like it more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it is available on Spotify now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I think that's how I've been lo- listening to it mostly at this point. And maybe that, mm-hmm. uh, that, that is contributing to it. Although, I don't know if the stage performance ends up being similar to the video in some way that that could be a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm thinking, I'm thinking of last year at Melfest where there was like the rain effect that they had for uh, Victoria's songs. Like, Ooh, yeah, just... they do that with this. I'm mm. yeah. Again, is this going to be a fun year or is this going to be a serious year? I'm not sure we figured that out yet, which is interesting is that I don't yeah. feel like anything is currently running away with the hearts of, the, yeah. the people who are paying attention at this point. We have a lot of things that we like. Right. And I think the semifinal split has also complicated that discussion a little bit. It, yes. feel, it feels like all of the... I have, I have to look at that split. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have to sit down and look at the split again Like yeah. once we have everything to go to see if I still feel like semifinal one is stacked. Yeah. I think it is, but I, I, so I still too. also need to double check. Right. Although I do like that Switzerland said, oh, you want boys with emotions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have you covered. Yeah. Yeah. But this at least feels genuine. It's not like the Slovenian final where uh, there's just like, oh, we'll just flash a picture just, of the just, here's, sad here, boy Here's the boy. Yeah. Here's the boy. He may be crying. Yeah. <laughs> There were other uh, internal selections that happened during the week. We will cover those next week uh, when we wrap up the outstanding selections because the season's just so long. On Saturday, there were four uh, competitive selections that happened. Uh, Three of them were happening at the same time. We had Denmark, Sweden, and Finland, uh, hence the uh, Panopticon. And yeah, unfortunately for Denmark, I think that kind of got the... They kind of, yeah, they kind of got the short straw. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think part of that was because of, like, all the coronavirus stuff that's been happening. The government was not going to allow gatherings of more than, I think it was a thousand people. Yep, and that would do it for... Yeah, <laughs> for... yeah. And, uh, yeah, so they decided to continue having the national final, but there was no audience there which was kind of it was really weird anytime you get like one of those like big sweeping shots of the arena and they're in a beautiful new venue yeah yeah that that number one that's heartbreaking number two like it reminded me of the writer's strike in like 2007 2008 thereabouts Mm -hmm. uh when uh they decided to still have the people's choice awards and it's just uh queen latifah kind of vamping for two hours because nobody can write any scripted bits. They couldn't bring in any presenters or anything because that's going to require writing as well. So it's just basically Queen Latifah just, filming a YouTube just like, video just for like, two hours. Hey, Queen Latifah, how do you feel about doing improv for two hours? Yeah, yeah. And uh, she wasn't necessarily up for the task, but I, I think I don't think it like, damaged her career mm-hmm. or anything. It was just like, eh, it's a gig, you know? Right. I, I think that this ended up working out for Denmark. But yeah, it was just, there's just like a weird energy 
mm-hmm. when you don't have the crowd to play off of. Right, right. And I was kind of hoping it was going to be like uh, in some of the rehearsal footage uh, from like the various semifinals the last couple of years where they would have like the cardboard cutouts of people in the audience so that they could pretend to do crowd work. They did not do that. That, that was that, probably for the Probably best. for the best. <laughs> but since there was that energy missing, that one was the one that we kind of kept on mute the whole time. Despite all of this, the song that ended up winning was Ben and Tan's Yes. Considering how anthemic this song is and how much I would think it would need to draw on audience energy, I thought they delivered a really strong performance and like worked the non-existent crowd very well. Yes. And... Yes. Uh, this was like... <laughs> Say yes, Ben. Say yes. <laughs> Say yes. <laughs> um, well, and like I had not paid attention to any of the pre-stuff for this, like because they did like the radio format for this, and I believe this is one of the ones that qualified yep. radio-wise, which makes sense that it's one of the favorites mm-hmm. going into this actual event. You were talking about anthemic. This has like a vibe that reminds me of the Lumineers and of that one Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros song mm-hmm. that both have very kind of organic instrumentation, but also a very anthemic nature. Right. Benetan did come out of the pre-selection process. Actually, all three of the gold finalists uh, came out of the radio wow, selection that, process. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're what the people have heard and said, yes, we like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of that is going to be the uh, just having the additional exposure time, because they didn't release the auto-qualifiers until about a week and a half, two weeks after the radio contest wrapped. Mm. And I thought all three of these songs were really solid choices. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Sandra Sanchez was a little weak in his live performance, but I think that may have also just been the case of just like, there's no audience here. And I was, uh, I was told there would be. One. I was told that <laughs> so, I would be performing to 10,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, uh, just from a staging standpoint. So Jacob Carlberg's song for Sweden did not go through. And I was very disappointed about that a few <laughs> weeks ago, but I just loved the mental image of the visuals of the, the, Danish performance, which features the word yes very large in the background. Mm -hmm. And their performance, which features the Swedish word for no very large in the background. (laughs) Could you imagine? Oh, yeah. It it had sort of a triangular... The background had sort of a triangular shape, so it did have kind of like a magic eight ball quality Mm -hmm. about it. So ask the Danish semifinal. Check, 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 check. Oh, okay. I'll check again later. Azerbaijan, send a song called Ask Again Later. Yeah. Please, it's all I have. I'm not fully in love with the staging, but again, that could have just been the weirdness of an empty arena. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like it, there were there were bits that worked and bits where it's like, okay, you're trying to you have to connect point A and point B and point C through something. Yeah, yeah. It seems to be kind of drawing on the geography of the Israel stage from last year. Okay, and yeah, and it's always tough with duets, particularly if one yeah. of them is playing a uh, an instrument, um, because Ben's playing guitar. Yeah. in that one, so. I don't know. That seems like something that they can work on, uh, yeah, particularly exactly. when, once they're on a differently shaped stage that doesn't have the triangle formation. Mm-hmm. So. The semifinal I think we're paying the most attention to in the Panopticon was probably Sweden. Mm-hmm. Just because Melfest is a big thing and we finally have our 12 entries and we kind of briefly did a drive-by coverage of that. Last week, uh, we participated in the Aussie Vision Jury, 
which was great because I learned that the main thing we agreed on was that Anna Bergendahl should be was our was our top, and we agreed on nothing else. And really, it seemed like that was kind of what was happening across the board, where it's like, oh, there is a twelve way tie for middles. Or for middles, <laughs> yes. Uh, like on the other hand, Sweden got our wish list. Yes. Uh, because the top three was all ladies. Yes. Was all ladies. Uh, so Anna Bergendahl, our favorite, placed third, mm-hmm. which a little disappointed but that. Than that, but like overall, just like a woman is going from Sweden, that should not feel as much like progress as it does. I know. (laughs) When all was said and done, the mamas won with Move. So the Mamas won both the jury, where they were tied with Dolter with 65 points each, uh, and the Televote. She ended up one point ahead of Dolter in the Televote. That is so crazy. So close. There was a really lovely uh, handover moment between John Lundvik, who used them as his backing singers last year, mm. and them. Very emotional. And it's like, remember your favorite part of Too Late for Love? Great news, we're sending that again. Yes. Because yes. like that was... All that I talked about last year with that song was, like, I loved kind of the gospel vocals. Mm-hmm. I want a staging of this where it doesn't feel like they're the muses from Hercules. Because it feels like there's still a set of backing singers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and re-watching it earlier, I was hoping, it's like, well, wait, maybe the message is, uh, of the song is more about, like, how you're, like, moving from the backstage to the front of the stage. But, like, listening to the lyrics, it's like, no, that's not really the story of the song. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, like, they can't spend half the song behind microphone stands. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That... I, I want something more dynamic out of that. Yeah, yeah. It's very solidly constructed. I can see it doing well with the juries mm-hmm. because of that. There's, like, a like the Everybody Want to Move Like Us bit feels, like, kind of copy-pasted in from a different song that's also called Move. Mm. Like, that. that's still what kind of bugs me. Yeah, I'm not sure how much of the actual song is going to get tweaked since uh, essays are... Well, essay, essays were due before this dropped, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, but... I, th- I, mean, I think there's a lot that they can work with here, because they, they, there was a fair amount of changing uh, of the staging between Melfest and the final last year, weren't wasn't there? Um, I don't think... There wasn't, like, a ton of changes. Like, yeah. I think... I guess it was be, more, like, in lighting cues. Yeah, just, like, lighting... But... More of, like, a lighting cues thing. And, like, I think they can, like, re-choreograph this. And oh, figure, absolutely. And figure out, okay, so now that we're not on the Melfest stage, we're on, like, this stage. What does this look like? I feel like they've got some good bones to work with. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it's up-tempo. And they're sending women. They're sending three women. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, and then, like, one other note is that it delighted me to no end that Boys with Emotions got 14 points in the televote. I was really shocked by the televote overall. Like, mm-hmm. there, it, uh, it was a wild ride. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because, and... well, like, I feel like beforehand I had looked on Twitter, and admittedly that's not the most accurate place to look for, for Eurovision information because we're all trying to process things in real time. Mm-hmm. But people are like, there's been enough talk about Honest Odemina that, like, that woman could come from behind the sweep. And, like, I had mentally prepared myself for, okay, cool, this is still a very different thing for Sweden. Mm-hmm. This is a song in Swedish. Don't you dare change it out of Swedish. Right. I, I had all my talking points, and then, like, that one was also just kind of in the middle. Yeah. Uh, Boys of the Motions at the bottom. 
Yeah, uh, Mohambi, I think, Mohambi. got the fewest Mohambi points. got six points. Yeah. But he seemed kind of okay with that. He like, he, he was of... seen laughing as they were cutting away from his view in the green room. Yeah. But they also changed it so that they were doing the uh, televote yeah. reveal the same way that they do it at Eurovision, where they start at whoever had the fewest points from the jury and then moving up the board that mm-hmm. way. Which sort of worked. It's it's still very clunky. It's still very clunky. You're still kind of scrambling to figure out, okay, but who won the televote? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you speak Swedish, then yes, you would know, like, just how math works. (laughs) It's like, oh, I know what that number means, and that is one more than uh, what daughter had. But, I mean, we could tell that the mamas won because they were celebrating. Because the camera is only focusing on them. Right. Yeah, but it's just like, oh, how much did they win by? How much did they win by? And they did not show the scoreboard for, like close to three minutes and yeah i was like i like how close was it and then seeing oh it was just one point and yeah yeah i mean granted we're not the audience for this technically mm-hmm. <laughs> so trying to break the tension or, or build up the tension but make it visually clear i don't know like it, it there's it's just not a clean way to do first and second place yeah just yet just yet yeah and that kind of also came into play in finland i feel weird about finland just because Everybody really, really wanted Erica Vickman to win, but it's not that I wasn't rooting for that song. My choice in the Finland final was Leverview. Um, yeah, I, mean, I believe I, I was the only person who voted for it. I, was say, I, I also like Leverview, and yeah. it's the sort of kind of chill indie tronica thing that we were getting from like Estonia a few years ago. Right. And now Estonia is just done with that. And yeah. Finland's like, hello, yes. Yeah. Leverview. Yeah. And like, I really like that song. It's still on my playlist. Mm hmm. But I thought that... There's no way that was going to win. I was like, this is great, and it's not going to win, and I'm happy you're here. Yes. Early on, I was worried that when the songs were revealed, that the two fun songs, so Bananas and Chi Chi Lina, were going to cancel one one another out, and the boy was going to win. Mm -hmm. And what happened... Well, I'm not sure they really canceled each other out. The jury was sort of... Well, the jury was sort of split between them when when they were giving them points. Yeah. The whole thing was weird, just because, like, the Bananas performance... I just thought it was really, really bad. Yeah, like, <laughs> it was like, it was more basic than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, like, I mean, it really showed the artistry of Asta La Vista, which is not a phrase that I thought I would be saying. <laughs> um, but, like, they were also just kind of plagued with technical problems. Like, one of them almost fell off of the Off of the stairs. Platform. Like, give them some handrails. Give them some handrails. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it, that was something that was, like, not the performer's fault. It, they were just, like, very well, high also, every time, every time they did the... the the repeat of like all the songs they played they showed that moment of like one of them like having mm-hmm. to like jump down off the stairs so they didn't fall off the stairs yeah and then there's a part where like two of them have flamethrowers one of them didn't work <laughs> one of them didn't work also why do they have flamethrowers where is Finnish Osha yeah yeah especially when it's just like oh we're we're gonna be bananas and it's like I don't want someone who's please do not bananas. burn the studio down yeah yeah it's just like no if, if Say your bananas is a disqualifying factor for having a flamethrower. I'm sorry. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. The person who did end up winning uh, was Axel Kankanranta uh, with his song, Looking Back. But we never know what we have Until it's over and we're looking back Speeding through red lights We had a good ride But we never know what I think the song is fine. It's, I, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just it's weird in this context because he was the only 
He's the, the only boy. Yeah, and um, and he ends up winning. So it's just like all of our like Sweden pickle woman uh, rage got to transfer directly <laughs> me, to me, like, just like just like hit retweet on Twitter is like also Finland. Yes, name yeah. a woman. Yes. <laughs> um, so this is competent and it's well performed and it's safe and it's static. It's great that if you don't want to do what Erica Vickman was going to do, mm-hmm. that's fine. But also, I feel like it's. Safe is not going to win you Eurovision. Safe might not even qualify you. Yeah. I mean, particularly in, in this field where there are so many... There are so many nations who are at least sticking their neck out and trying different things. Mm-hmm. And doing you know, and doing stuff that feels very kind of idiosyncratic. And this feels like a ballad that could have popped in anywhere in like the last few years for Finland. Which I will say, it's this feels like it's better than last year. Oh, yeah. But, but, but that's, that's the lowest bar to clear. Right, right. And, I mean, I think even the broadcaster was able to kind of acknowledge that because they've already confirmed that they're using the format from this year for next year's yes. selection. Yeah, like I, like, I feel like after last year's selection, like, it was dead on arrival when it finished. Right. The finish final. So that was, so that was not great for it having to then do another month and a half of promo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that this one... They're able to figure some stuff out. I mean, I can understand why Erica Vickman didn't do so great with the juries, mm-hmm. just because that performance was over the top in a number of ways that I feel like this year's Eurovision are trying to is is trying to get away from that, where it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, like the really like cheesy Euro trash, what have you. It's mm-hmm. like, no, there's some like legitimately good songs mm-hmm. that are happening and mm-hmm. that are moving towards 2020. Yeah, and, well, like, yeah, like I feel like the international juries right now are like, oh, we want to pick a nice song, and like the the populace is just like, yes, but we would also like garbage, please. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's just a lot of conflict right now between what people say they want, what people think other people want. Yeah, yeah. like it, it's. It's exhausting. Yeah, it's what you think people want from a Eurovision song versus what people actually want this yeah, year. Yeah. Is this song electable? Is this... Like that's, uh, <laughs> oh, it's electable oh, there, if you vote for it. Topic. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Anyways, best of luck to Axel Kankarata. Yeah. And then finally, after after the three-screen panopticon, everything was done except for Portugal. I had not been paying attention to the two semifinals, and partially that was just because it was coming at the end of very long Eurovision weekends where I was just tired. Mm-hmm. But this was like the first time I'd paid attention. They had such a wonderfully diverse field of eight songs, I thought. And like you had things that felt like they were sort of like a step beyond Telemoveus from last year, and just in terms of visual presentation as well as as song. You had much more standard stuff, and then you had just Portugal marching to the beat of its own drum, because like I loved Passe Partout. Oh yeah, because like that's just very sweet. the The staging was a little, maybe a smidge too Broadway. Like it should just yeah. be, it should, it should focus more on her and the song, not like the two background, like not the, not all the dancers, but like it was it was very sweet and charming. And of course, it finished second. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it did it did win the televote. Uh, jury was kind of it wouldn't surprise me if they had kind of the same notes that you had because it finished kind of with in the middle with the jury. The, the one that did win the jury uh, was uh, Gamera Amarela do Sol, which. Was a visually stunning performance. Mm-hmm. Felt a, a, felt a little 
kind of in the shadow of Telemoveus. Yes. In a yeah. lot oh, of yeah. ways. But yes. it's a very pretty song and like just a visually stunning performance. And full disclosure, we we had to get to Geek Bowl and that that was a little bit of a trip. So like we were able to watch the performances for Portugal, but then had to kind of peace out once the televote opened, which may have been a very good use of our time. Because there was still Twitter, like an hour so. and a half left. It might have even been more than that. It might have been more than that. I don't know. I just knew that by the time that we got down to Geek Bowl, I was like checking my phone. I was like, oh, there's results. Yeah. So the one that did end up winning uh, was uh, Eliza with uh, Meadow de Sentier. And this one finished second with the jury and the televote, and that makes sense yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was all I really had to say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and kind of looking at the breakdown, there, there didn't seem to be a ton of consensus with the jury and the televote, which uh, was interesting, particularly when you get into the semifinals, because uh, for fourth place, uh, it, there were eight entries in each semifinal, and the top four would advance. There was a tie for fourth place in both semifinals. Wow. And it was the jury that broke the tie. And mm. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And yeah, so I thought it was a really strong final. Like, there, there was not mm-hmm. a dud song in the bunch. Wasn't a dud in the bunch. Yeah. And uh, we, we had uh, a handful of people watching with us who were uh, new to Eurovision or like were asking a lot of questions like, so why do you do this? <laughs> but... It, Seems like they were enjoying Portugal, would mm-hmm. you say? Or, yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, was like, I feel like that was a good one for them to see, just to see, this is what a national final is. Because, again, like, a very strong lineup. Yes, yes. And not not as crazy bonkers as, like, Finland would have been. Or, yeah. like, trying to contextualize, okay, Denmark's usually not this, like, stiff and awkward yeah. because usually, circumstances. Usually there are yeah. people in the arena. Right, right. <laughs> or, uh, like, people applauding that aren't in the orchestra. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It, it's, it is interesting, though, that Twitter seemed very dissatisfied with yeah. a lot of... I mean, I think, I think there was a lot of support for the Mamas, but even then, like, there was still a lot of grumbling about, like, Dolter, yeah. Yeah, Dolter, uh, and Bergendahl, Finland. Uh, yeah, I think Finland kind of drew the most ire. Yeah, Finland, every, everybody was just mad. Yeah. Everybody was just mad. And we maybe used up all of our anger there, and then, like, eh, had, like, some resist, or, or at least were just, like, more primed to be disappointed. That's fair, yeah, because Finland was the Finland first was the first to, to announce, yeah. and, like, we were all hot about yeah. Finland. And then Sweden happened, and we were kind of, like, a bunch of us were happy because it's not a man. It's not a man. Right. Thank you, Sweden. It's yeah. not a man. And it became apparent fairly early on. It was like, oh, top four are going to be women. This is amazing. But uh, yeah, and then it was just like, well, which one? So, but yeah, that, well, it's almost the end of selection season. It's almost the uh, end, yeah. Uh, because uh, as we are recording, San Marino was just like, oh, let's do our own little televote thing uh, for their songs. Which, did you guys not see what Norway did with online voting? That worked great for them. <laughs> You're gonna. It's fine, San Marino. You definitely have the infrastructure to do that. Yeah. Well, they also were just like, uh, yeah. It's like one of those Twitter polls where you're just like, okay, I'm gonna put it up for like 25 minutes for 48 and, hours. Yeah. So next week uh, we'll be talking about uh, Austria, Ireland, San Marino, uh, Cyprus, North Macedonia. All of these songs exist in the wild. We are still waiting for what Malta, Azerbaijan, and Russia have. Uh, They're just currently engaged in a standoff, waiting to see who gets to release their song last. Mm-hmm. By this time next week, all essays are due. 
Mm. Uh, so that's going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thanks for listening. The Euro What podcast is hosted by Ben Smith, that's me, and Mike McComb. That's me. You can find us on our website at eurowhat.com and on Twitter and Instagram at eurowhat. We'd love to hear your comments, questions, and topics we should talk about in future episodes. You can subscribe to the EuroWhat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcast app of your choice. Be sure to check out our Spotify playlist inspired by this episode. We'll be back next week to try and make sense of what's new in Eurovision. 